Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Pray right now as we share your word that you would just speak to us. Lord, darkness flees when your presence is here. You're an unstoppable fire that burns in our hearts. And Lord, your word is like a fire in our bones. Your word brings truth and destroys darkness. And your word sets captives free. We thank you for that today in the mighty name of Jesus. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. Let's take our seats. God bless you. Wow, wow. Well, during February, we've been doing a series on Arise and Build. And we shared uh, some things about arising and building our own lives. Um, This year, we're arising to prepare to build a new larger church facility. And last week, I shared a few principles. We won't go through all the scriptures, the first three points, but we'll wrap up this series today. And if you weren't here last Sunday, you can uh, uh, jump online and uh, get that on podcasts on YouTube. And, uh, but the key scripture I started with was Psalm 127, 1 and 2. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late. Toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. And so we see that God's the one who builds our lives. We just help cooperate and provide materials and respond to his plan and purpose. So I looked at three things last week. Right motivation. Tower of Babel. The people got together. God said, scatter all over the earth. But they said, we're going to stay together. So they built this tower to heaven for their name of greatness. And God says, well, we can't have that because they're not doing what I told them to do. So he came and gave them all different languages, and that's where we, the languages of the earth started. So whenever you're trying to learn a language, blame the Tower of Babel people, because that's the Babel means confusion. And when you can't understand someone else's language, that's what it means. So God checks our motive. A wise woman builds a house, but her, with her own hands, the foolish one tears it down. And so God calls the second thing, we need to have a right foundation. And Jesus taught about building on the rock. Not on the sand, and Jesus is the rock. And so we looked at having a right foundation in our hearts and our lives and built upon his revelation and truth. Thirdly, we looked at right building materials. 1 Corinthians uh, 3 verse 6 says, I was the one who planted the church. Apollos came and cared for it, but it was God who caused it to grow. So we partner with God, but he's the one who grows things in our lives. He grows churches and ministries and families and businesses and heritages because he's the one who makes things grow you can't understand how a seed sprouts and then a plant and a tree grows i'd love to understand how it works we'll never fully understand but it does work our lives grow we looked at little fred and now he's going to grow up into a strong young man you know to watch a child grow it's just a mystery but it's beautiful and if we keep a right environment and it goes on and uh it talks about in verse 9 we are co-workers with god and you are god's cultivated garden The house he is building. God's building things. God has given me unique gifts as a skilled master builder who lays a good foundation. I love watching a skilled carpenter or builder. And they just know what they're doing. I'm an amateur builder. I can build a fence. But uh, my boys still laugh about the first fence I built. One day the ball went over it and I climbed over it and the fence collapsed as well. So... (laughs) That was my first paling fence I did. wasn't so good. I've got better since. 
But I, watch, I love watching a master builder or someone who's just really skilled at their craft and they make and create things. I thought, wow, what a gift. You know, that gift comes from God because he's the creative God. And so he's the one who builds. And then after another craftsman comes and builds it. So builders beware. Let every builder do his work carefully according to God's standards. For no one is empowered to lay an alternative foundation other than the good foundation that exists, which is Christ Jesus. Then he says, the quality of materials used by anyone building on this foundation will soon be made apparent, whether it has been built with gold, silver and costly stones, or wood, hay and straw. Their work will soon become evident, for the day will make it clear, because it will be revealed by blazing fire, and the fire will test and prove the workmanship of each builder. Now, in our own lives, what is gold, silver and precious stones? That's, that's the truth and character and integrity and spiritual life and all of those things are going to last. But if we build for our own reputation or impressing others or just for um, all those other things, they're going to they're just die out. They're going to be burnt up. So what we give God to work with is really, really important. This, if this, his work stands the test of fire, he'll be rewarded. If his work is consumed by the fire, he will suffer great loss. Yet he himself will barely escape destruction, like one being escaped from a burning house. So we've all got different gifts. Let's surrender and let God use them, whatever they are in our lives. Let's come to point four. It says we've got to help build the body of Christ. And Hawani so beautifully shared about communion, being together. And what a privilege. Church is not just a place we come and have some great music, sing some songs, do some prayers, hear a message and go home. This is a connection, an encounter with God. It's building the body of Christ, the mystery. The Bible calls the church a mystery because it started thousands of years ago and it still grows all over the world. And uh, Russell Evans was here yesterday and he's on a um, world uh, Pentecostal leadership group and he said there's over 700 million spirit-filled Christians around the world now. It's by far the fastest growing uh, belief system and religion in the world. You won't, you won't see that on the media, but that's the truth. And so there are 700 million at least spirit-filled Christians running around this earth changing our world. And so God's at work. He's building the body of Christ. Ephesians 4.11 says... And he has appointed some with grace to be apostles, some with grace to be prophets, some with grace to be evangelists, some with grace to be pastors, some with grace to be teachers. And their calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry so that they will do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. So God's called us to live out our own walk with Jesus, but in the process, we're built together. When you become a Christian... You're now long, no longer alone. You've now got a new family. It's called the family of God. How awesome is that? And some people have struggled with identity or where they belong. Let me tell you, when you invite Jesus into your heart and start to follow him, you now have got a new huge family. You've got hundreds in this church family. There's thousands in the church family in Harvey Bay. There's millions all over the world. And I love traveling. You find a Christian, you just immediately their family. How awesome is that? No matter where you are in the world. And that's because we belong to this huge body of Christ, the family of God. And it goes on and says, These grace ministries will function until we all attain oneness in the faith, until we all experience the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God. And finally, we become one perfect man with the full dimensions of spiritual maturity and fully developed in the abundance of Christ. 
And then our immaturity will end. Hallelujah. And we will not be easily shaken by trouble nor led astray by novel teachings or the false doctrines of deceivers who teach clever lies. But instead we will remain strong and always sincere in our love as we express the truth. All our direction and ministry will flow from Christ and lead us deeper into him, the anointed head of the body, the church. For his body has been formed in his image and is closely joined together and constantly connected as one. And every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. And as these gifts operate effectively throughout the whole body, we are built up and made perfect in love. God's designed you to be a part of the family. In the natural, if you're part of a family and you only show up for, for dinner once a month, you're not really connected very well, are you? You know. And God wants us to be connected. It's not just church, church attendance, it's connected to one another, in our small groups, in our life groups, in our prayer, in our connection, in our encouragement, and in inspiration, and celebrations on weekends. How awesome is the body of Christ? And, and we need to remember, this is who we are. It's not a religious organization. It is a family that you and I belong to through Jesus Christ. We're part of the body and he's the head. And occasionally I'm reminded that if he's the head and we're the body, some people say, well, I love Jesus, but I hate the church. That doesn't compute because how can you say I love the head, but I hate your body? That won't work if you say that to your husband or wife. <laughs> I, love your, I love your head, but I hate your body. That just doesn't compute. There's no relationship in that. And yet I hear Christians and people talk about, I love Jesus, but I hate church. Now, I know we can get hurt and disappointed, but you can't stay in that place because it's impossible to live a blessed, free life if that's how you are going. We've all seen church is not perfect. There's religious things go on and there are laws and there are imperfect people in it and sometimes people have done dumb things. We all have. But we need to love Jesus and we need to find ways to love his body and to build it up, not tear it down. And if we do that, let me tell you, God will keep drawing people because the, Jesus is the hope of the world, but he's the head and his body is the hope of the world because he's chosen to work through his body until he comes again. So that's the reality. So we have to do everything we can to love, to forgive, to build up, to encourage, to strengthen, to speak the truth in love and not to focus on the negatives or the things that are inappropriate. Yes, we need to address them with truth and love, but we need to walk it in his ways, not our own agendas. And I believe the enemy's out to try and discredit the body of Christ, and we've got to choose to follow God's way, not the schemes of the enemy or our own hurts. In the NIV it says, From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Some of you have got a healing, um, compassionate heart. You need to be there to heal and restore broken lives. Some of you are teachers so you can explain the word. Some of your leaders say, hey, come on, follow me. We're going to touch people for the kingdom of God. Some of you have got a, an evangelistic heart. you just got to tell everyone about Jesus. And there's a charisma and a gift that comes with that. Others are they doing the practical work? Someone's got to do the practical stuff. If you go to an event, they're the sweaty ones. They're the ones out there just doing all the details and sorting out stuff. If you've got a gift of music, release it because that lifts people's spirits to God. 
We've all got a part to play. If you're a prayer, just pray because God needs that strength and power. And there's a whole lot of things we can all do. You can all encourage and you can all pray and you can all worship. So none of us can disqualify ourselves from any of those. And we can all serve with love and compassion. And we're all building up the body. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Do you not know and understand that you, the church, are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells permanently in you, collectively and individually? Hey, we've got to remember, the Spirit of God dwells in you and I as his dwelling place. We carry the presence of Jesus wherever we go. Isn't that so precious? But we, do, we carry it together as well by how we love one another, how we speak, how we accomplish things together. We all gather together and take an offering and we can raise $8,000 for, for the fire relief. None of us, not many of us could give $8,000, but we put it all together. And all of a sudden, we're touching a, a, a great thing. To build a new home for the harvest building here, a facility for our church and because we're full on Sundays and we need a bigger facility so that we can touch our community. Individually we can't do it, but together we can. And I've got, we've got a statement at home, I may not have it all together, but together we have it all. <laughs> I love that. So, and we've, we all need to work together. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, Have you forgotten that your body is now the sacred temple of the spirit of holiness who lives in you? You don't belong to yourself any longer. For the gift of God, the Holy Spirit lives inside your sanctuary. You were God's expensive purchase, paid for with tears of blood, so by all means then use your body to bring glory to God. Wow, when you understand that, you won't put stuff into your body that doesn't need to be there. You understand, hey, I don't want to damage this physical body because inside of it lives his love and his nature and the spirit of the living God. Oh God, and we don't, we don't speak ill of other parts of the body of Christ because we don't want to damage them. Wow. I remember when Saul, who was a religious terrorist, God encountered him on the road, knocked him off the horse or the donkey, whatever it was. And, and he has his encounter with God. Says, Jesus says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Jesus had already gone back to heaven. Saul was arresting people and getting them thrown in prison and killed because he was a religious zealot and he didn't think that Jesus was the way. So, and, and Jesus said, why do you persecute me? He was persecuting the body of Christ, so Jesus says, you're persecuting me. That's what we need to understand. And that's why we, we need to pray for and lift up and strengthen and, and support every part of the body of Christ because that's what God's called us to do. 1 Corinthians 14.26 says, Beloved friends, what does all this imply? When you conduct your meetings, you should always do, let everything be done to build up the church family. Whether you share a song of praise, a teaching, a divine revelation, or a tongue and interpretation, let each one contribute what strengthens others. So it's not about ourselves, it's what builds others up. So when you've got a great opinion or an idea in your life group or in, in your friendship circle, just think about it. Is this going to build people up or is this going to promote me or tear people down? And when you think that through, you think, oh, I'm not going to say that. I need to pray about that because I don't think I've got the whole story on that yet. And it, we, we build up. 1 Peter 2.4 says, As you come to him, the living stone, 
rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Hey, we're living stones. Give them a nudge and see if they're still alive. We're living stones. Some of you are diamonds. Some of you are just big hunky rocks, you know. Some of us aren't the ugliest or the prettiest. Some of us still got a bit of mud and junk over us because we're still getting our hearts cleansed from stains and, and brokenness of the past. But the Bible says we are living stones that he fits together to build his kingdom. How awesome is that? He's the master builder. I think it's not, it's not by accident that Jesus was a carpenter and a builder while he was on earth. And one of the original words indicates he could have been a stonemason as well. The word for builder has various meanings and one of them may have been a stonemason. Which is interesting because it says he was the stone the builders rejected. Became the cornerstone. So whether he built with wood or stone or probably both, he's the master builder and let me tell you, you can trust him because he's the master builder and knows how to build and sort out your life. He knows how to pull out the, the rusty nails that have somehow got into your soul. He knows how to wash off the stains that are over your mind. He knows how to turn the rough, half-burnt stones and reshape them and put them into something that builds life and blessing. How awesome is that? He's the master builder. Trust him with your soul and your life. And let me tell you, there's a sense of purpose and identity that comes when you belong in a family. When you belong in the family of God, you're not just trying to do it on your own. And I just thank God that we're being built together as living stones. Ephesians 2.19. So you're not foreigners or guests, but rather you are the children of the city of the holy ones. With all the rights as family members of the household of God, you are rising like the perfectly fitted stones of the temple and your lives are being built up together upon the ideal foundation laid by the apostles and prophets and best of all, you are connected to the head cornerstone of the building, the anointed one, Jesus Christ himself. This entire building is under construction and is continually growing under his supervision until it rises up completed as the holy temple of the Lord himself. This means that God is transforming each one of you into the holy of holies, his dwelling place, through the power of the Holy Spirit living in you. Wow, that makes Christian life a whole new dimension of just not trying to get through the week and not getting caught in sin or offending someone. This is God's building you and building life and flowing through you so that we fit together to be a dwelling place for his presence. That's why when we come together, there's a corporate anointing gets released. We start to worship and we start to pray and praise and you carry, we all bring what we have and put it together. And as Russell Evans shared yesterday, when they had the recent fires, the most fearful thing the fireys had was when several fires merged together because then they become a mega fire and the, the fire and the heat then starts to create its own storms and its own weather systems and Russell reminded us yesterday that when the fire of the Holy Spirit in you catches up with someone else's fire and we all get together there is a huge fire of God's presence starts to touch our cities and our communities how awesome is that? That's how powerful it is to belong to the body of Christ. 
You're not just someone trying to navigate your way through your journey of life. We belong to something way bigger than that. And God says, I will dwell in your praises. I will come and hear your part. And, and we're reminding 1 Corinthians, it says, I live in you individually and corporately. And if we understood the power of that corporate anointing that happens when we praise and pray and worship and do life together, we would see our cities transformed a whole lot quicker. We really, really would. And you're teaching us how to do that. It's so important to, to come to church, to be vitally connected in corporate worship, prayer, preaching and teaching for the gifts of the Holy Spirit to flow. In your small groups, life groups, prayer groups, if you're new in our church, it's so important to be linked in with a group of friends in one of our many groups that we've got in our church and jump on the, the church app there and ask some questions and we can connect you into a group so that we celebrate on Sundays and then during the week we're connected and living out our faith and supporting one another. Podcasts and live streaming, welcome those who are listening. It's very powerful, but it's never a full substitute for being in the body of Christ and worshipping together. Often we can't get here and there's reasons for that, but I want to encourage you to be connected, be involved, and we try to make our services alive, interesting, relevant, impacting, powering, where people can connect and grow in God. Hebrews 10.24 says, Discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them toward acts of compassion Doing beautiful works as expressions of love. What a, what a beautiful picture that is. Doing beautiful works as expressions of love. You go to someone's place, they spent all day preparing the meal. They've got to have the table just right, the air, just the right temperature, have the right chairs out. You, you just do a beautiful work of expression of love. I'm not quite that gifted. Some people come to see me in the office and we're talking away for an hour and then Mary Lynn walks in and says, did you offer me a drink of water? Oh, we haven't got to that yet. <laughs> We're just busy chatting and talking. <laughs> Not my special gift. <laughs> but I'll be connected with their hearts. And so we all have our part to play. We all do. And in the body of Christ. How do we do this? By our words of encouragement, actions of support, and care for one another. So it says, beautiful works. Then verse 25 is, this is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together. Wow. As some have formed the habit of doing, because we need each other. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge other on as we anticipate that day dawning. Wow, wow, wow. The apostle, the writer there was saying, hey, even in his time, people were saying, oh, we don't really need to get together. It's just Jesus and me, and we'll catch up with a few friends along the journey. No, that's not how the body of Christ works, and we need to understand the power of this together. Romans 15, 1 and 2. Now, we were strong in our convictions and faith ought to patiently put up with the weaknesses of others who are not strong and not just please ourselves. Let each of us make it a practice to please his neighbour for the good to build him up spiritually. Now, when we do church, our public celebrations or even our small groups, it's never going to please everyone. Some people want more preaching and teaching. Some people want more souls to get saved. Some people want more prayer. Some people want um, more fun and fellowship and more coffee and cake and all that. We're never going to keep it. Some people love the loud breakthrough praise. Other people love the quiet, contemplative worship. Others want it quieter. Some want it louder. Some want just a guitar. Others want a whole band. 
Hey, we're never going to keep everyone happy. But if you just focus on your preference, you're forgetting the, the reason of why we're actually together. It's building the body and encouraging one another. And sometimes, like Paul said, sometimes you just got to lay your preferences down so that we can build the bigger body. And that's why I love Russell's grandfather. He was 87. He still used to show up to all the Youth Alive meetings and the Planet Shakers conference, 87-year-old. He says, I don't really like the music, but I'm just so excited to see people coming to Christ and I'm going to be here cheering them on. And I thought, 87. He was 93 and he went out to plant a church and he was blind. And someone used to lead him down the streets and knock on doors and lead people to Jesus to plant a church. He was 93 and he couldn't even see properly. And he died 96 preaching in the pulpit. That was Russell's grandfather. I knew that man. I thought, wow, he understood the power of the body of Christ and it wasn't about his preference. Even when he's blind and, and stumbling up the stairs, he's still knocking on doors and leading people to Jesus. And they were getting filled with the Holy Spirit and healed and started churches in his 90s. And that's the generations that Russell has learnt to follow where the body of Christ is much more important than just what we think it should be. I think, oh God, teach us how to see your kingdom as you've planned it. To see your church beautiful and growing and built up and strong in the Holy Spirit. I'm preaching the converted here, but I just want to teach you and encourage you. Hey, we need to make sure we build up the body of Christ. Understand what God's doing in our church. And lastly, to wrap it up, build up your own spiritual life. A couple of verses to wrap it up. Jude verse 20 in the Passion says, But you, my delightfully loved friends, constantly and progressively build yourselves up on the foundation of your most holy faith by praying every moment in the Spirit. Wow, wow, wow. Praying in the Spirit there can mean praying in other tongues. It can also mean prayers led by the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit's realm or pray by means of the power of the Holy Spirit. And I just find that if I pray in that heavenly language God's given me, my spirit gets built up. It's like plugging in your phone to the charger. Within two minutes, my spirit's alive. It just works that way for me. For some people, they turn on a worship song. Within five minutes, they might have been discouraged and downtrodden, but within five minutes, their spirit's up. Other people open the scriptures, start to read, and all of a sudden, they wow, that's for me. And it's like fuel in your soul. Sometimes it's prayer. Sometimes it's fellowship. Sometimes it's using your gift to bless someone else and you just come out alive and think, wow, God used me today to encourage someone. And you just fly through the rest of the week because you've used your gift to build up someone else. Oh, God, help us to see the power of this. And I'm teaching this today so that we don't misunderstand what church is really about. It's the body of Christ. Someone's going to tick you off. If you haven't been offended in church, just keep breathing. It'll happen sooner or later because we're humans. We've all got preferences and agendas and someone's just going to remind you of one of your difficult relatives and they're going to be sitting next to your church. And if that happens, it means God wants you to bring healing into that part of your past because he sent someone to remind you right now. Children and people are mirrors to our souls. Often, people in their 30s and 40s, their kids get to a certain age and all of a sudden they're a mirror to something happened at that trigger in their life at similar age. Happens all the time. Why? Because God doesn't want us to leave us bound. He wants us to be free. And God will use the body of Christ. 
I love the story of Lazarus that got raised from the dead. Four days dead, then God raised him, Jesus raised him. It says, Lazarus, come out. He comes stumbling out of the grave with all the grave clothes still wrapped around him. That's amazing because if Jesus could bring him back to life, why didn't he just snap off the grave clothes? And then he said the most amazing thing. He says, those family members and friends here, I want you now to unwrap the grave clothes. I've given him back life. Now you unwrap the grave clothes. That speaks to me that when people come to Christ, he's going to use you and I as brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers and sons and daughters in the faith to help unwrap the stinky, rotten grave clothes of thinking and wounds and pain and heart. He's going to do it and you'll get healed through the family of God. Someone might pray a prayer. Someone might love you into wholeness. Someone might weep you at the altar and you walk away free because you've just unwrapped some more grave clothes off the eyes and the heart of someone who's still coming out of the brokenness of this past. How beautiful is that? I love the body of Christ. Wow. So build yourself up. Do it whatever way you can, whatever works for you. God's the builder of everything. And last Sunday night I preached on building up with your words. And we don't have time to reiterate that. But if you weren't here, check out that podcast. Because life and death are in the power of the tongue. Written. Facebook posts. Emails, texts. Think about what you put on there because life and death are in the power of your words. I want this church to be full of incredible encouragers. People who don't avoid reality but speak the truth in love. And let's build each other up in Jesus' name because we're building the body. All the living stones, let's stand right now in his presence. We're living stones. Created in the image of Jesus. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.